Well, Mueller's got 40-plus questions, but collusion's not one of them. So says Donald Trump. Plus, did John Kelly really call his boss an idiot? We're going to tell you it may not even matter. And Trump's former doctor claims he got quite the crazy office visit. This is State of America Tonight. These questions are jaw-dropping because everything is on the table. It's hard to imagine that anybody on Mueller's team leaked them. Those questions are going to be darn difficult for the president to answer. There was no collusion at all. No collusion. John Kelly flatly denies that he called the president an idiot. I believe him. It's very, very disturbing when a chief of staff has made that kind of assessment of the president of the United States. I'm Paula Newton, live in New York, in tonight for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Now, in just a few moments, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders will take to that podium right there in the briefing room. She's expected to be asked about a New York Times report on some of those questions Robert Mueller has for the president. We will continue to monitor the press conference and bring you updates as we have them. But first... If there's one thing we know President Trump dislikes, it's leaks. And today he's getting a double dose of them. We can call them a double dirty dose of them. One involving his chief of staff, while the other centers on a different issue that annoys Mr. Trump, the Mueller probe. And that's where we begin. The New York Times reporting that after months of negotiations and, of course, lots of tension over whether Robert Mueller will interview the president, the special counsel's team offered a heads up of sorts to the president's attorneys. Here's the reporter who broke the story. What Mueller's investigators did is they had the president's lawyers come over to the special counsel's office and they said, okay, we're gonna walk through with you everything we wanna ask the president. The president's lawyers took them down and created these 49 questions, the 49 things that Mueller wants to ask the president about. And that's how Mm -hmm. we got this document. Judging from Mr. Trump's Twitter feed, he's none too pleased, saying, quote, so disgraceful that the questions concerning the Russian witch hunt were leaked to the media. No questions on collusion. Oh, I see. You have a made up phony crime collusion that never existed and an investigation begun with illegally leaked classified information, period. Nice. Okay, did we get all that? Now, the White House is lashing out not only at the leak, but the special counsel probe itself. I I don't know the veracity or the accuracy uh, of that leak, but if they are accurate, the overwhelming majority of those questions don't focus on the underlying premise of this special counsel, which, which was to focus on this issue of collusion with the Russian government. It's a good time here to pause for a fact check, shall we? Because there are questions about collusion. It's just one of several areas of special interest for the special counsel. And the subject of collusion is included in many of those 40 questions obtained, as we said, by the New York Times. So why would these questions leak now? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. One of Robert Mueller's former assistants to the Justice Department has one little theory I want to tell you about. I think that this is a trial balloon in some sense to have the president decide which way he wants to proceed, and so that the lawyers who are representing him know how to begin to prepare either for an interview or a court fight in an effort to resist that request for an interview. But I offer you this. An FBI special agent who served while Mueller ran the agency says it just got harder for the president to say no to a sit-down. 
Now the American people have seen the questions. They have seen what it is that investigators want to answer, and it's going to make it a lot more difficult for the president and his team to say, you know, the, the public, Mueller, the Department of Justice, they don't deserve answers to these questions. Now to a man who many thought would be able to stop the leaks once he was installed in the West Wing. Of course, I'm talking about John Kelly, who the president hailed when announcing his hiring last summer. John Kelly will do a fantastic job. General Kelly has been a star, done an incredible job thus far, respected by everybody. A great, great American. Fast forward to 2018. I know it seems like a lifetime and the relationship between Trump and his chief of staff have become increasingly rocky. CNN has learned that Kelly recently told colleagues that he thinks the president is becoming, quote, unhinged. I know you've heard that before. And that followed a report that Kelly called the president, brace yourselves, an idiot in front of White House staffers. Kelly pushed back hard on the reports, issuing a blistering statement that reads in part, I spend more time with the president than anyone else. He already knows where I stand. And he and I both know this story is total B.S. I leave it to the rest of you to fill in the blanks. Kelly's response was very different from that, though, of Rex Tillerson, who repeatedly dodged but never denied reports that he called the president a moron. I'm not going to deal with petty stuff like that. This is a town that seems to relish uh, gossip, rumor, innuendo, and they feed on it. They feed on one another in a very destructive way. I don't work that way. I'm not going to dignify the question. We got so many bigger issues that we could be talking about. Yeah, you and me both. As we know, Tillerson would later be fired via tweet. John Kelly, if you're listening, perhaps you should begin to monitor the president's tweets. You might want to start. He says he doesn't monitor them at all. We'll see. And from leaks to perhaps something President Trump and, well, most of us prefer to keep quiet, of course, are medical records. But moments ago, this is truly bizarre, the president's former personal physician, personal physician, reportedly revealed a startling encounter with two members of Trump's inner circle. Harold Bornstein tells NBC that last February, just days after the inauguration, the president's bodyguard, a top Trump organization lawyer, and a third man came to his office and left with all of Mr. Trump's medical records. Take a listen. What exactly were they looking for? All his medical records, his pictures, anything they could find. We must have been here for 25 or 30 minutes. We created a lot of chaos. I couldn't believe anybody was making a big deal about a drug that's to grow, to grow his hair, which seemed to be so important. And it certainly is not a breach of medical trust to tell somebody they take Propecia to grow their hair. What's the matter with that? I don't know what's the matter with that. And while the story is developing, one CNN legal analyst says the incident definitely is raising some eyebrows. It would seem to me that the procedure here is to say, I'm changing doctors. I'd like copies of all of my medical files so I can port them over to my, my new doctor. He may have, under HIPAA or other things, an obligation to retain those files himself. So it's, in a sense, it's, it's sort of a burglary. They just sort of took out this stuff without you know, any sort of legal process that authorized them to do that. And it's a little bit frightening, honestly. A little bit frightening, to say the least. 
We've been talking about doctors. We've been talking about leaks. Another day at the White House, which is where we find uh, Jeremy Diamond. I know you look calm, cool, and collected, Jeremy, but I'm sure underneath um, you are busy working that phone. I mean, let's deal first with the whole issue of the questions. I want to preface this by saying that the New York Times said, stay with me here, that how did this go, Jeremy, that they were actually read the questions that the legal team for the president kind of made up, given the instructions they were given by the special counsel's office. Did that make any sense? Yeah, that's that's what it appears to be. Uh, it appears to be that the, the president's legal team essentially met with the special counsel. Uh, they gathered together a sense of what the questions would be. And the, the president's legal team are the ones who actually wrote some of these questions uh, that the New York Times later obtained. The New York Times said that it obtained it from a source uh, who was not a member of the president's legal team, uh, but we don't know exactly where they came from. But it is interesting. And the president did uh, respond this morning on Twitter to some of these questions. Uh, he called the leak... Uh, disgraceful. And he argued that there were, first of all, no questions on collusion, which is actually not true because there are several questions that deal with this question of collusion, including whether the president knew of any of his campaign chairman Paul Manafort's contacts uh, with Russia during the 2016 campaign. So that's point one. Uh, Point two is that uh, the president also argued that it would be hard to obstruct justice for a crime that never happened. Also uh, not factually accurate because, of course, uh, the president or anybody else uh, could be charged with obstructing justice, even if a crime has not necessarily uh, been, if if nobody has been charged uh, with the crime. So those are two factual points that the president appears to have gotten wrong in his response. We will hear uh, from the White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders momentarily uh, on these questions for the first time. Uh, This will also be the White House's first opportunity to respond in person, uh, on camera, to uh, this friction that appears to be happening between the president uh, and his White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly. Yesterday, you saw, of course, that NBC report that uh, General Kelly uh, allegedly called the president an idiot in private conversations. A senior administration official also told me yesterday uh, that Kelly had referred to the president as unhinged uh, in private conversations as well. Paula? Yeah, what an opener. In less than 10 minutes, we've said uh, moron, idiot. (laughs) This is the way we are reporting on the White House these days. I have to say, Jeremy, we're going to continue to keep an eye on what's going on at the briefing desk when we could be talking about Iran, North Korea, trade, immigration, but I digress. Jeremy, thanks so much for the update. Appreciate it. Still ahead, we'll take a look at the dozens of questions the special counsel would like to ask the president. Is this a potential legal minefield? You bet it is. The panel weighs in. All right. Now that we have that list of potential questions, I think the special counsel has for President Trump, we can try and glean some insight into the investigation. We know the president has tried. Robert Mueller's team wants to focus on Mr. Trump's interactions with some top government officials, as well, of course, as his business dealings. And that's where it's going to get interesting. We're going to bring in our panel, Doug High, CNN political commentator and Republican strategist, Rich Lowry, a CNN political commentator and editor of National Review, Caitlin Huey Burns, national political reporter for Real Clear Politics, and Jake McAbee, a former Obama administration official and policy advisor for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Thank you all, Caitlin. Listen, we have to open up with these questions. They are incredibly open-ended. I mean, it's so interesting, bizarre, really, that this investigation is almost unfolding like a reality show. We get a new installment, a new episode on a drip feed. And yet how what do you read into these 
open-ended questions. They're certainly open-ended, which was actually my first takeaway, was that if you are uh, Donald Trump and preparing to sit down with Robert Mueller, there is a lot that could go wrong here. And so you you know can understand why a lot of legal experts would be advising uh, Trump not to do this. Um, the other thing that struck me was, you know, a lot of these questions have been kind of out there in the ether Absolutely. being discussed as part of the broader conversation of this. But was in- what was interesting to me was this focus on obstruction and uh, this focus focus on the president's behavior after the election. Um, and the fact is that, you know, he's been tweeting publicly for the past, you know, year and a half while in office. He's been talking about this investigation, all of which could be used um, in, in, in this. Yeah, can and will be held yeah. against you. Uh, Doug, mm-hmm. uh, before I get to you and the question of why all of this matters, we, we want to get to the open-ended ma- mm-hmm. issue, right? So let's just give an example of one question. <laughs> Doesn't this sound just so innocent? When did you become aware of the Trump Tower meeting? Okay, that's just one question. Again, this doesn't come from the special counsel himself, but it was kind of the parameters that uh, Trump's legal team heard on the phone, and then they came up with these questions, just to be clear. So why does that meeting matter? It matters because that was June 9th, 2016. We're still not clear on whether or not the president knew about this meeting or didn't know about this meeting. That the president doesn't seem very clear yet about whether he knew about this meeting or didn't know about this meeting. Why is this a minefield? Well, it's a minefield because if the answer, if he gives an affirmative answer of exactly when he knew and not only what he, when he knew, but what he knew, that gets into really some, some deep water for him. And that's why you see these questions aren't just open-ended. They're broad in so many different directions that it is laying a minefield for Trump. It's why his, his advisors are telling him, and I think correctly, you do not want to testify. You want to say, I'm happy to testify. Of course that I am. Then don't do it. Because otherwise, if you do, there's so many different directions this can go in, and they can trip him up on anything because that's what their job is to do, basically, yeah. is to trip up candidates. Uh, or, or, And that's as the plot thickens, right? That might be why anyone leaked the questions, because that no one thinks Mueller's team leaked it. Everybody thinks it was the White House that, that leaked it. Well, I'm going to go to the tweet. The president, of course, busy tweeting on this, maybe to his own detriment. I mean, very succinctly, in one of the tweets, he says, it would seem very hard to obstruct justice for a crime that never happened witch hunt jake to be clear he is wrong he is completely wrong you can absolutely obstruct justice even if you have not committed an original crime um so he is completely wrong in this in fact he made a series of mistakes that was only one of them he also uh seemed to blame the Mueller team for the leaks when it seems to have clearly come from his team um he also uh said that there was nothing in there about a uh, about collusion when about a third of the questions were about collusion um, he's sort of playing the greatest hits now. It's, it's a little unclear whether he's actually diving into this information, whether he uh, actually understands the legal jeopardy that he's in, or whether he's just, again, sort of reacting off the cuff. Okay, but let's say he does understand the legal jeopardy and just doesn't care, that mm-hmm. he understands that politically this might play well. I mean, Rich, our political director, David Chalian, made an excellent point today. We could be talking about Iran, North Korea, trade, immigration, all things that actually the Trump administration is doing fairly well on. We're back to speaking about the Russia investigation, and yet... Isn't that the point? If they cannot find collusion, the president believes that voters will side with him and say this is a witch hunt. Well, this is one reason he hates the investigation, as it's been a cloud over his administration for a solid year and distracted from other stories that he'd prefer the public to focus on. Not that he isn't a distraction himself very often, but I think as a technical legal matter, yeah, you can commit obstruction even if there's not an underlying crime. But we're in the political realm because he's not going to get indicted. What we're talking about is a potential impeachment case. And the idea that you're going to have a strong impeachment case if there's no collusion, 
based on Trump hating this investigation and things he did exercising his lawful powers in office, I think is completely absurd. So I think his basic point is correct. I think a lot of this investigation turns out to be about the investigation itself. It's kind of a meta-phenomenon where you have a special counsel who's going to investigate the circumstances under which there was chatter uh, having to do with his dismissal. That was not what this investigation was supposed to be about. It was supposed to be a counterintelligence investigation getting to the bottom of Russian meddling, and it's metastasized far beyond that. You know, that's going to sound very logical to a lot of Trump voters. Anybody want to weigh in? Well, the reason, <laughs> the, the reason though, that it has as you say, metastasized beyond the original uh, talk of trying to figure out what went on with Russian meddling in our elections, is that the president has engaged in a lot of behavior that could be seen as obstruction of justice. So this isn't, uh, when you talk about sort of this meta idea of the investigation uh, and then sort of breaking it into something that it wasn't originally, that doesn't come from Robert Mueller, the special counsel's office. That comes from the president of the United States meddling in this, uh, in this investigation, and that's obstruction of justice. That's the problem here. He has created many of these problems for himself, and that's when you keep talking. When we keep talking about was there collusion or criminal conspiracy, as we're really talking about here, when we get into the larger questions of this investigation, he has acted like a guilty person all along the way, and that may ultimately or be an, what or does an him outraged in. innocent person. Everyone assumes <laughs> he has to be guilty. This might be Donald Trump acting innocent, and the idea again that you're going to get an obstruction, a compelling obstruction case when there was no corrupt intent to cover up a crime. I think is is ridiculous. He may well be innocent, but he acting the legal and the political. Go back to the Bill Clinton um, impeachment hearings. What what was happening legally was very different from when the American people were on Bill Clinton as a president. Trump could benefit from that exact same phenomenon. And you've already seen that in, in midterm races. Both Democrats and Republicans don't really want to be talking about Russia. Yes, the Democratic base is certainly very fired up about this, but from a, a candidate perspective. Uh, you're, you're, they don't want to talk about it, and you're hearing from voters yeah, and that they're actually starting a to lot agree of taxpayer money. that yeah. they don't want to talk about impeachment either. Extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, coming up, Trump's chief of staff denies that he called the president an idiot. I can't believe how many times I've said that word already today. But that's just one of the reports indicating a growing rift. Will John Kelly be the next high-level official to go? That's next. Mike. Welcome back. As promised, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders is speaking now. We're going to listen in for a bit. Currently holds, which is chief of staff to the president at the White House. Uh, and I would refer you back to General Kelly's statement that he put out yesterday, uh, specific to the comments, the uh, allegations about comments that he'd made. I spend more time with the president than anyone else, and we have an incredibly candid and strong relationship. He always knows where I stand, and he and I both know this story is total BS. I'm committed to the president, his agenda, and our country. This is another pathetic attempt to smear people close to President Trump and distract from the administration's many successes. Ron, Sarah, you described it, or the NSC last night described it as a clerical error, but it was a significant editing error that has policy implications. Can you state from the podium what this White House believes is the current state of Iran's pursuit of a nuclear weapon, and if it's in full compliance 
with a joint comprehensive plan of action as the IAEA has said it is. We think the biggest mistake that was made was under the Obama administration by ever entering the deal in the first place. The typo that you referenced was noticed, immediately corrected, um, and we are focused on moving forward on the safety and security of our country. But you assume, you assert what that says, that there is no current program in Iran and that it is in compliance with the deal, at least as it's negotiated. Correct? Well, the problem is that the deal was made on a completely false pretense. Uh, Iran lied on the front end. They were dishonest actors. And so the deal that was made was made on things that weren't accurate. Uh, and we have a big problem with that, uh, particularly, sure, particularly the fact that Iran's nuclear capability were far more advanced and far further along than they ever indicated, which if this uh, nuclear deal maintains as it is right now when the sunset provision hits in seven years, they will be much further along in the process and much uh, and able to make a nuclear weapon much quicker uh, than they've ever indicated before. And that's a big problem. John, over here. Thank you, Sarah. I wanted to ask you about the reprieve that uh, the EU, Canada, and Mexico are receiving this 30-day reprieve for uh, the tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. Uh, what is going to take place during this 30-day period, and what are the chances of that exemption uh, being made permanent for the EU, Canada, and Mexico? Uh, this, the, we are extending those uh, negotiations because we've seen some progress. Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of what that may look like, but we have 30 days to continue in those negotiations and hopeful that we can get something uh, that works for everybody. If I may, I just wanted to ask you about something uh, that took place last week uh, involving uh, the president's personal attorney, Michael Cohen. He, in court documents, uh, asserted that he would um, assert his Fifth Amendment rights in the Stormy Daniels lawsuit, uh, which was filed against both him and the president. And you may recall that in September of 2017, the president at a campaign rally said, the mob takes the fifth. And he also said, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Do those ideas also apply to Michael Cohen? Does the president stand by those comments? I can't speak on behalf of Michael Cohen. I'd refer you to him. Francesca. Thank you, Sarah. On those list of 44 questions, the president said today that the leak was disgraceful, but a former assistant to special counsel Robert Mueller has suggested that the White House was behind the leak. Is he wrong? Uh, once again, I can't comment on anything regarding those questions, and I would refer you to the president's well, outside. That was a question about, about specifically the White House <coughs> being involved in it. It was actually specific to the president, and that's why I'm referencing and referring you to the president's personal attorneys who can speak okay, on that well, matter. A question about the White House specifically, then. And uh, that was Sarah Sanders, again, deflecting a lot of the key questions. I mean, Rich, you, in terms of what she can or can't say, even about the questions in front of, uh, in front of the president right now. Well, uh, a big part of the job of press secretary is just deflecting and deflecting <laughs> relatively nimbly. And given the circumstances she's in every day, I think she does a pretty good job of it. Okay, I'm going to end the show here with, with a show of hands. Who actually thinks that the president, given everything that was leaked now about these questions, who actually thinks that the president will talk to Mueller in person? Anybody? Anybody going to go on the record for me? No? Certainly No, shouldn't. he won't. He shouldn't and he shouldn't. won't. Shouldn't and won't? Caitlin? 
I don't think he will, but I don't know. I've gotten out of the prognosis. <laughs> but, <it does, laughs> but it does seem as if he wants to he speak. He wants to talk, but you have a group of people telling him probably not. He, he always wants to speak, and that tends to be what gets him into trouble. So I would say that right now, <laughs> I would say that right now, all of his lawyers are sitting on him somewhere okay. in the Oval Office. Okay, he is already speaking. Okay, he, 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 he is. Day. And I will <laughs> say it gets him into trouble, perhaps, with us and the law, but not voters. <laughs> That'll be my last word for today. This is day 467 of President Trump's administration. Get this, it's also day 189 until the midterm elections. That's State of America tonight. Check out our podcast at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We will see you right back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.